Hello and welcome to Business Talk with Chris Hazel. Today I'm joined by Carol Evans. Carol is a best-selling author, speaker and business success mentor and coach. So welcome, Carol. Thank you so much, Chris. Lovely to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot to unpack about what you do and um, your journey. Um, but, yeah, if you perhaps just start by telling me a little bit about how you got to where you are today. Okay, well, there's a long story about how I got here today, uh, Chris. Uh, but basically, I've worked in business all of my life. I didn't expect to be in business. I had originally started to uh, look for a career in musical theatre, believe it or not. I'm a classically trained musician, a soprano, and uh, I was heading for the stage. But a six-week summer holiday job on the Isle of Wight gave me a real interest in business. And I ended up staying there for six years and becoming a manager. And so I got interested in business uh, and progressed through uh, corporate quite rapidly. But about 20 years ago, left to set up my first business. And whilst that was a significantly different business to what I'm doing now, what happened along the way of me setting up that business was that other business owners would meet me and say, could you just help me? You know, like, could you just give me a little bit of advice? How do I do this? And so my my first consultancy business uh, was formed in that in that way. And gradually I just started doing work as people would pass me on from one person to another. Oh, she'll help you. Uh, so that business evolved. And then a couple of years ago, I heard this, um, what was quite a horrific stat to me that said, Female-owned businesses tend to underperform those owned by men in areas such as growth, revenue, and profit. And because I'd been so involved in business for all of my life, I just couldn't understand it. So I started having conversations with women owned women who own businesses. And yeah, I couldn't believe what I found really. So hence Planet Peacock was born, which is a business that is primarily aimed at female entrepreneurs. And it just helps them to master the skills they need to overcome ob obstacles and actually scale up their businesses so they can create consistent uh, money and uh, yeah, live a great life, basically. Okay, so I guess the big, biggest question, the first question that came to my mind was, what, why? Why do they underperform? What, what is it that you've seen or um, experienced that, that means that they are underperforming compared to male-run businesses? Okay, um, so there's a, lot of, there's a lot of reasons why, but from what I have seen, it is primarily around uh, our money mindset, that we don't value ourselves. We tend to value other people much more highly than we do ourselves. And we're more likely to treat setting up in business as a hobby. Uh, and when we look at a lot of people set up in business, it's to replace a, an income that they might have had in the corporate world. And so they might be looking at matching their hourly rate, which, and going back to the money mindset thing is that we perceive that people buy on price so we have to keep our prices low and that just only leads to one thing which is the fact that your revenues go down you don't make money and you live with struggle but it is primarily about the fact that we uh, will focus our energy on caring for others and putting others first rather than us and believe in we believe in others not ourselves 
And um, yeah, we don't think we we are much much more likely to think we are capable of running something that's small and we expect to struggle than something that's big and profitable and successful. Um, yeah, I, probably left a few things out there, but <laughs> that's the general gist. Nice. Um, we don't, uh, yeah, we we do we do things that we love, but we don't see business as something we need to master. We don't realize we don't know what we don't know, so we don't invest in ourselves to get those skills. Mm. I think I just go back to the point you made earlier about, um, but. So I, th- I think with with women, I think it feel like there's a huge support network that you get. I mean, my so my wife's been setting up a couple of businesses uh, recently, and uh, she told told me a couple of stories about support that she's been given from yeah, other other women. I think as a man who also set up a business, I've I've never sort of had that. I don't you know I don't get a, a random text saying, "Oh, I see you doing what you're doing is great" and things like that. Um, but you get you get that. So you've got the support network there, which um, you think would help to boost uh, female-run businesses. But then it's the fact that they don't. Uh, what what is it about? They just they don't know how to convert that support into business or yeah yeah the conversations are very different is what I found, and so there is a lot of support and a lot of it can be emotional support and encouragement and confidence, but it's not the skills that actually get you from inconsistent revenue from lack of profitability they are real hard business skills and when I say that I'm not saying that we have to give up being our loving caring supportive selves because that is the best way to do business is to come at it from a point of view of what good can I do in the world? You know, if uh, and, uh, you know, I think going back to this money mindset thing, if we focus on making money for ourselves, we are also doing that because we can create opportunities for other people. You know, we can contribute to charitable causes and things like that. But we have to master the hard skills of how do we price things effectively? And also we have to step up and stand out. And I think even amongst those women networks, they give us a feeling of security and safety, but we're still all playing at the same level. And I'm not ever saying that anybody's better than anybody else because Planet Peacock stands for the fact that we all belong in the same circle. We're all in the same planet and nobody's better than us. Nobody's worse than us. We've all just got a different job to do. But if you want your business to grow, then you have to stand out. You have to say, this is what I do. Not in a cocky, arrogant way, which a lot of women feel that is. You know, oh, I can't do that. I have a client who said to me, oh, I, I, I can't say I'm the boss. You know, people think I'm really arrogant. It's like, of course they won't. <laughs> you are the boss, you know. And, yeah. you know, people will soon blame you if something goes wrong. They will soon hold you accountable as being the boss. But the more that women stand up and say, yes, I am the boss. I am really proud of the job that I do and I am really good at it. And this is what I offer you, my customers, my clients, whatever. Then the more it encourages other people to do the same. And what, um, so what gave you the skills to do that when you started your business or is that something you've learned during your business or prior to your uh, starting the business? 
Oh, well, I was really lucky because I, I said to you, I ended up in this first job where I stayed for six years and ended up being a manager. So during that time, I learned loads and loads of management skills. And then I gradually worked up the ladder. But I made a move into healthcare halfway through my corporate career. And the two jobs that I had there, I was able to work in a really entrepreneurial way. So especially the first job. So I basically was running that business as if it was my own. And it was amazing. It was just so liberating. And you had to learn a lot of skills that... So when I then left uh, my last corporate post, I had incredible skills. You know, I was a, a director for the Priory and I was managing a business of tens of millions of pounds, making millions of pounds profit with lots of staff from, you know, that covered the whole spectrum um, and also running national services. So I'd, I knew how to strategize. I knew how to business plan. I knew how to set budgets, analyze uh, and set pricing and, every, and all of those skills. But it still doesn't mean to say that it was easy when I made that move into self-employment because suddenly you don't have a boss breathing down your back. You are accountable to yourself. And when you have to make harsh decisions, it's much easier when you're doing it because somebody else has set the policy, then you doing it. You know, yeah. I, I remember in one of my early earlier businesses, um, clients would come in and they'd ask for a discount. And I used to find it much easier pretending I wasn't the boss because I could say, no, you know, we don't, we don't give discounts for this rather than saying, oh, you know, because I felt as the owner, yes, I, you know, oh, I should give them a discount, you know, but... <laughs> Yeah. It's, it, it's so funny how we will kind of make allowances because we own the business than we would if we were an employee of a bigger business. And so when you were starting out, did you have you had that issue with people coming and asking for, for discounts on your consultancy work? Or um, was that not something you really you necessarily faced? Well, my first business was actually um, only got to project stage, which was I was setting up a destination spa over in Ireland. And so it was mainly about bringing together a team, finding the right location, raising uh, finance, which was to the tune of 16 million euro, which I eventually secured it over in the States. But um, so... Uh, that that was limited, I guess. But after that, yeah, I uh, in the consultancy business, I probably just didn't charge enough initially I, it, because it, I saw it as a bit of a sideline to the main project work I was doing. So I was just happy to help. And I've always been like that, really, that I am just I just want to help people so much because I just see it so important that if we can change the rate of success in business, then we will change the needle on the economy uh, more so than any of our governments or parliaments. You know, if businesses can just change the rate of success. So I'm always happy to help. But yeah, I had some spas and uh, people would pop in there and ask for discounts and, you know, and the worst people are quite often our friends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the expectation that they'll have a discount. So one of the rules I always made for myself was if I was ever buying services from a friend, I would never accept a discount. So you set the precedent. <laughs> yeah, because I just think as friends, uh, we should value each other, mm. you know, and we shouldn't be so keen to discount. 
because yeah. you just lose your margin. Yeah. And so if someone's to come and work with you now in whichever of the businesses you wanted to discuss, <laughs> um, what, what does it look like for them? Who do you typically, obviously, um, Planet Peacock, you mainly work with, with female business owners, but is, is there a, like a size of business that you work with or who's, who does it look like who would benefit most from your services? Okay, so on the female entrepreneur side, it is generally people who have already started their businesses. And but I have different levels. So I have a membership where people can buy in really cheaply to get a business coach with real business experience to help them to stay accountable. Um, Right up to people who are crossing six figures. Uh, And I have some clients on my consultancy and coaching side that will be into multiple seven-figure businesses. So the consultancy and coaching business tends to be, uh, could be owned by men and women, So, uh, but it will tend to be a, a multi-departmental bricks and mortar business, primarily services, although I have got some clients who are in manufacturing. And uh, on the female side, they will tend to be uh, more entrepreneurial women who are setting up working for themselves or got small kind of clinics and looking to uh, expand to and I do lots of things so I do one-on-one programs but I also do incredible luxurious retreats so take women out of their normal environments and put them into a place of inspiration and empowerment so they can really drill down on what it is they want and create the plan to get there okay but you're mainly in the space that they've been running for a period of time already you're not I mean some people have been running but they haven't geared up so they might have set up a business but they might not have actually ramped it up so they will have already set up I am in business they'd have set up their bank accounts the status of operation whether that's a single entrepreneur or limited company, they will generally have set that up. They probably got all their social media pages and they possibly got a website. So yes, they will have some degree of already being set up, but they could also be uh, businesses that have already expanded too. And as looking to expand even, even further, perhaps by chain, you know, adding on uh, different locations or adding it, bringing in new services or products. So the whole spectrum, really, but generally they've always set up in business. So I don't kind of claim expertise in terms of helping you set up, be it that I have set up a number of my own businesses. <laughs> and is there like a period of time that they would work with you for, um, or is it just as long as they, they need you? You're not yeah, I mean... I would always, I do do things like strategy days and breakthrough days and and so on. But generally, I would recommend that, especially if people haven't had coaching or mentoring before, that they work for at least three months, three to six months with me. And things like the membership programs, it's good for people to stay in them for a long time because When you're in business, the one thing that you need to do is to take fast action, fast, relevant action towards your big goals. And without some form of accountability or mentorship, it's easy to put off doing the tough stuff. So the longer that you stay with a mentor, the more likely it is that you are to hit your goals in the quickest, most efficient time. And so I just put put you on the spot a little bit here with them. 
what would your sort of say top three tips be for someone um to yeah to to grow their business or to take that next step you probably just touched on one um but yeah consistent relevant action uh, but the, the key is right is it being relevant action so you must uh, you must know what it is that you are working towards. You must know what your purpose is. What is your aim with your business? And then turn that into big goals. Then from those goals, you create your daily to-do list. So this helps to alleviate all the overwhelm we feel because all we're focusing on is what is the three or five or eight tasks we've got to do today? And you can forget whatever everything else is going on in the background and when it comes to decision making you just have to ask yourself is this going to take me closer to my big goals is it going to keep me where I am or is it going to send me off in completely different direction because this is what I see people making the biggest mistakes is they they stay really really busy but all they're doing is going round and round in circles so get really clear on what you're aiming for and reverse engineer and you'll get there much more quickly and that's where you come in is helping them with the clarity of what those goals are. Or do you help people to get to what they are? Or is it you say, this is what you need to do. They get no, no, no. there and then you hold them accountable. Or is it a, you know, a joint process? Oh, it, it's always a joint process, right? So if people say to me, oh, it's amazing, you know, how you help that client. It's like, no, it's amazing what they did because they took action. They were brave enough to actually take action. The client gets the results. Definitely. Uh, the place I start is I always ask people what it is they want for their lives. So I, I actually say, what do you want personally? How do you want to live your life? So then what does your business need to create in order for you to live that life? Because it isn't just about money. It's being able to live our life with joy and ease and flow. And that comes from purpose. So I help them to really get clear on what it is that they want. And then we then look at the business, what the business needs to deliver. And that's where we set our big goals for the business and reverse engineer. And the good thing about doing that is that it also enables people, because a lot of people think, oh, can you help me be a millionaire? Well, of course I can. But are you prepared to do what it takes to get there? And most people aren't. And that's the reality check is so... Once you actually decide this is the goal I want and you can check back on all those goals that you've got to achieve, you know, five years, three years, two years, one year, what's something I've got to do today? Oh, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I will help them in terms of getting really clear on those and what needs to what needs to happen. But because I've worked in business all my life, I also help them with the problems they have on a day to day basis. So if they've got a problem with a member of staff, how do how do I deal with this, Carol? I can help them. I can give them advice. Or is this the, does this look like the right package to offer or the right uh, framework, you know, in terms of all the products and services that I offer? Are they right? Um, you know, so I can uh, advise people. So I have like uh, WhatsApp access for people to contact me in between my sessions so they can just run little questions by me that are really practical. I'm a dead practical hands-on girl. I don't believe in wasting time with theory. You know, I just don't. Business is really practical and it can be really simple. We just overcomplicate things and look at what other people are doing instead of staying focused on our own lane. That's good. Um questions coming from that that is it's so do you have qualifications in what you do or is your qualification you know 
university of life i think um in terms yeah, of both, both uh, so i did a well i did a management qualification whilst i was working so i used to work six days a week about 12 hours a day and on my day off I'd actually uh, go and spend 10 hours in college and, and studying. I've done uh, tons of uh, courses along the way. I did an open university, uh, MBA, um, all the time whilst working. So, yes, the qualifications help. And I am a, I am a qualified coach as well. Um, all the qualifications help, of course. They're mainly there to give clients confidence that, I know what I'm talking about, but I'm telling you, I've employed people out of university and it is the experience that they have that helps them do their job, not necessarily the qualification. So, yeah, um, the university of life is is <laughs> is definitely uh, beneficial, I think, especially in business. Yeah, well, I, you know, I think that I don't, I don't think I knew anything when I came out of university. <laughs> so you didn't hire me. That, that's, that, that is so true. And I have employed people, uh, not straight out of university, but even with a couple of years of experience. And it just amazes me how much guidance they still need. But, you know, sometimes I forget perhaps what it was like for me at 18. <laughs> so, mm. So, um, what do you think is the biggest misconception about people in your field, in your in sort of coaching or business mentoring? The biggest misconception is that people in business do not need it or they can't afford it. So, um, yeah, and I think that's a real shame because, you know, people think it's not for them. I can do this, uh, but it is, it is definitely a misconception. It benefits you. Yeah, I think the yeah definitely the affording it um, part of that. I always think of you know business coaches and and things like that. You, I think it's going to have a huge price tag attached to it, and you you kind of think of it as a yeah an ongoing thing that's that puts you off. And, you know that's going to cost me X amount. But at some stage, you know, if you want to go to that next stage with your business, you need to invest in yourself and not. I guess not just not just the business. Um, it is about the investment for sure. You know that people see. Uh, I suppose people see it as a cost, as you said, which costs the business money. It's actually an investment, like everything else you invest in, and it helps make you money. And you're more likely to make that money when you make that investment. So yeah, I, I have I have a client who over COVID actually tripled their net profit and won awards. Their their client feedback increased dramatically. Their revenue went through the wall, and their profits that uh, they went from like a couple of hundred thousand pounds profit to nearly a million. You know, it's no. just staggering their their success. But it's because they actually got smart and followed a strategy and just focused. This is what we want to achieve. And they didn't make money for money's sake. As I say, in fact, their, their client feedback in, improved fairly dramatically. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it gets you results. Cool. And um, is there anything that you're, what are you sort of most proud about throughout your career? To do with my career? Um, I guess the ability to take personal responsibility I have always done that so 
I come from a very, very poor background financially. And I knew that if I wanted the things that I saw other people having, I had to get them. So I'm really proud of that. I'm proud of the fact that I worked very quickly at the corporate ladder. I got invited to Downing Street. I spoke at the House of Lords, um, I, you know, and I've done uh I raised I raised 16 million euro, you know, for my first business uh, by traveling around the States. Now, I, that didn't happen by chance. You know, I persevered. I set my sights on the goal and I just kept going. I spent about 12 months going from one investment house to another and being turned down. And uh, I was treated really badly by somebody, a very well-known, uh, very wealthy guy. And he didn't give me eye contact the whole time I was presenting. It's so intimidating. And um, I nearly didn't go to my next meeting, which was in the States. I had to you know, fly to the States and go to meet this guy. And I nearly didn't do it because I'd been so intimidated by this. But eventually I got a grip and said, no, do it. And that was that was the one that worked. So, <laughs> so yeah, so I, I, I'm proud of loads of things. So. And so what, I've got an amazing son who I'm really proud of too. So, <laughs> what and what kept me going in those in those moments, or when you had these setbacks, what what was it that kept you going? Was it a, a, a goal, or just you think it comes from who you are, or is it practiced? We've all got a purpose, and when you actually really find it, you are so driven. You don't stop until you've tried everything. And with that first business of mine, I was so passionate about doing it that I just couldn't stop. And so many things just appeared that actually had made that journey much easier. You know, people who were in my team just kind of miraculously appeared but and that helped because there was a, a great momentum but yeah it was just uh, the same as I was actually going to give up before <laughs> on finding the, the the property for that place so again I'd gone around 12 months looking for a property was just about to give up and then I met a man on the plane on the way home who was wanted to sell his property and it was just perfect <laughs> so don't give up until you've absolutely tried everything but it is about connecting to your purpose and to your passion when you do that and you then uh, get really clear on your goals, you are committed to doing what it takes. You don't give up when the challenges, uh, when the challenges are there. And, and I think that is a real key, is that if you find the challenges are becoming overwhelming, then just get back in touch with yourself and say, is this really what I want to do? Yeah. So what are your, where do you see the business going? What are your big goals for the business in, say, the next five years? Okay, so my big goals are that I want to become a speaker. Uh, I want to do a lot more speaking. I've got another book coming out in April, so I want to do more writing. Uh, just holding a lot more retreats and uh, working with a lot more businesses, I guess, to just keep spreading the word and grow my membership, which is a cause in my mind, which is be a voice for change, which is all about just saying, get yourself the skills you need, get yourself the self-belief, 
and turn the statistics for business failure around so we can change that needle on the economy. So I just see everything expanding. And I also have um, a media side to the business where I'm a video producer and uh, offer photo shoots for businesses too. So I really want to develop that side of the business because so many of us are shy about standing out and getting visible and it all lies in getting the right media to help you do that. So, yeah, that's that's where I want to be, really, as well as having my house by the sea. Where I can wake up every morning and watch the sunrise and go to sleep in the evening, listening to the sound of the waves with a lovely cocktail or glass of champagne. <laughs> nice. Where would that where would that be? I'm not sure yet, actually. I know what the house would look like, but I don't know where it will be other than perhaps by the coast and with a bit of mountains or cliff in the in there too. So You're quite a long way from the sea at the minute, though, aren't you? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a long way from the sea, and I think all of us who live in the Midlands, we all have this desire to be near water. <laughs> and for, for such a small country, that, that's a very real desire. I'm lucky because I do have clients on the Isle of Wight, so I get to see the sea quite often. But, uh, yeah, I'd love to have a property that, yeah, I can make my own by the sea. Nice. Cool. And um, final, uh, final couple of questions, but um, what's your favourite local business? Okay, so oh, there's, there's just way too many because I'm on the border of uh, Warwickshire and Worcestershire. So uh, I tend to gravitate to both. So in uh, Worcestershire, my favourite place to hang out is Webs of Witchbold, which is actually a garden centre, but it's more like a huge town in its own right amazing coffee shop uh, so I do a lot of meetings over there and over in uh, Warwickshire I love Tartine it's a little tiny bistro and I do a lot of meetings there as well but they do fantastic cocktails and lovely tapas so two places <laughs> have to check them out um, and finally just where can um, where can listeners find out more about you where do they go to um, to get in touch Okay, so I have a website, planetpeacockclub.com. And I have another website, consultancyandcoaching.co.uk. On social media, I'm on Instagram, I am Carol Evans, and also Planet Peacock Club. And on Facebook, Consultancy and Coaching, or over on LinkedIn, uh, I am Carol Evans, or you might find me under Carol Starkey, my maiden name. Um, Yeah. I think that's, that's the best place. <laughs> yeah. We'll find you somewhere there. Yeah, yeah. I'll put all of those in the in the show notes and things like that. But um, yeah, thanks for coming on, finding finding out everything about you. Some really inspirational story, and and yeah, great to hear how you're helping lots of other businesses now and um, and growing and and yeah, trying to change the economy is a big yeah. goal to have. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I think what you're doing is is, is fantastic. Thank you so much. It's been really, really lovely to talk to you, Chris, and thanks for inviting me. Thanks, Carol. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, please email me at chris at chrishazelmortgages.co.uk. Speak to you next time.